Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time it is, wherever you are tuning in. Thank you so much for joining me today uh, for yet another conversation, another presentation, another offering on this beautiful, beautiful quality of loving kindness. And so this is the third of a series of four talks. And uh, if you haven't caught uh, the talks previously, no worries. Uh, each talk is a standalone offering. However, uh, if you wish to go back and, and, and see the other talks, they're available on Instagram and on YouTube. Uh, so feel free to enjoy those talks at your leisure. So just one announcement here before I get started. Uh, these talks are gearing up, or kind of a, I see them as kind of a runway <laughs> into an eight-week online meditation program that I'm offering around loving-kindness. Uh, this program is entitled Loving-Kindness Widening Our Circle of Care. And so the course starts the first four weeks uh, are dedicated to cultivating loving-kindness for ourselves, And then week by week, we gradually widen that circle of care to include people we, we like, people we love, people we're fond of, and to neutral people or strangers, then to people we don't like very much, and then to the entire world, like that. So that course uh, launches on uh, December 1st. Uh, runs through January 23rd or 24th, I believe. I don't have uh, my notes about the retreat in front of me. Uh, so I think around, uh, it closes, I believe, January 23rd. For more information about the retreat, uh, do go visit my website, uh, suchsweetthunder.org. I also have lots and lots of advertisements here on my Facebook page, if you're watching on Facebook, on my Instagram profile as well. Uh, so, yeah, make your way to the website, check out the information on uh, this really uh, enlightening topic of loving kindness and this eight-week retreat offering that I'll be facilitating uh, starting December 1st. Okay, enough announcements. So we're into the topic of loving kindness. And as a way of uh, setting the table, so to speak, I'd like to just offer a very brief guided meditation. Uh, this meditation will be a meditation on loving kindness, and it will be one of the practices that we'll be exploring in detail on the eight-week course. Uh, today, in the interest of time, we'll just do a, maybe a five to ten-minute meditation. On the course, we, we do quite a bit uh, of a longer exploration into this practice, but just a taster today. Uh, so, if you would, uh, if you're watching here live or on video, uh, get into your most comfortable meditation posture, whatever that means for you, whether you're, you're sitting in a chair or lying down or sitting lotus position on a meditation cushion on the floor. You might even be standing up, and that's fine too. So I'll ring the bell and I'll guide us through this very brief practice of loving kindness.
And so the invitation here is just to arrive into this present moment. There are many different ways of arriving into the experience of the here and now. And for this practice, let's just start with the body. And so just noticing how the body feels right now. Whether you're seated or standing or lying down. Just getting a sense of the posture. If you're seated, you might say to yourself, sitting, and I know that I'm sitting. And checking in with a few of the contact points of the body, perhaps noticing the contact of the feet against the ground or the floor or the carpet. And connecting with that anchored, grounded feeling, really feeling into the support that's being offered by the ground, by the floor. Perhaps recognizing that underneath the floorboards or the cement or through the structures of the, the basement, perhaps. Eventually you get to Mother Earth. And so perhaps feeling into that connected, anchored, grounded feeling offered by this beautiful life support giving planet. You might also notice the weight of the body against the chair or the cushion or the mat. And again, feeling into the comfort that's being offered, whether you're seated or standing or lying down, the comfort that's being offered by the, the floor, by the chair, by the cushion, the mat or the mattress or the couch, whatever's going on for you. You might also notice sensations arising from the hands, and so inviting the muscles in the hands to grow soft and rest. There might be sensations of clothing against the back, the shoulders, and perhaps inviting the muscles in the back and the shoulders to grow soft, relax, and unwind. There may be sensations arising throughout the cheeks of the face and letting any tension or stress that's held in the face go. You might notice sensations arising from the top of the head. And so while we're here resting with the felt experience of this present moment, 
Perhaps noticing the breath. As the breath enters and leaves the nose and perhaps touches the back of the throat. And perhaps simply noticing how the temperature changes from cooler to warmer as you breathe in and breathe out at the nose, at the back of the throat. The rib cage expanding and contracting with each breath. You might notice the rising and falling of the abdomen as you breathe in and breathe out. The back moving out on the in-breath and in on the out-breath. might also notice how the shoulders rise and fall with each breath. And so resting here, settling, arriving. And so in the next few breaths, the invitation is to Notice how everything you do is a move towards comfort. This could be as simple as adjusting the posture that you're seated or lying down in. There's a moment of discomfort and then making that move to adjust towards comfort. And so in this very, very natural gravitational pull, you might say, towards comfort, We can recognize our own innate ability to be kind to ourself. That every move towards comfort is a move of kindness. a move of self-care. And so just feeling into that, feeling into that very natural tendency that each time you move to the kitchen to get something to eat, There's a sense of moving away from discomfort towards comfort. And so recognizing feeling into the felt experience. What does it feel like to be kind to ourselves?
whether it's treating yourself to your favorite cup of coffee or completing that stack of emails that needed to be sent out. Taking a nice shower or a bath. Getting into bed because you feel tired. These are all very natural moves of kindness for our own well-being, for our own self. Perhaps you have to do things that you would rather not have to do, like perhaps you have a job you don't particularly like, or some chores that just need to get done, but at the end of the day, we do these things because in some way we think that this activity will make our life better, more comfortable. And so feeling into that. Feeling into that very natural pull to care for ourselves self-kindness. And then here the invitation is to recognize that everyone is acting out of kindness for themselves. We all, as human beings, have this innate drive towards comfort, to be good to ourselves. That we all want happiness and the causes of happiness. We all wish to be safe and healthy. And all human beings want to live a life of peace without struggle. how we all really have this innate pull towards ease.
And so in the next breath or two, we'll begin to shift away from this meditation practice and, and back into a conversational space. And I'll cue that just by ringing the bell one time. Thank you for for joining me in that brief exploration into that meditation of love and kindness and if you're watching this back on video and you wish to stay in that longer um, feel free to press pause now and and then come back and watch the rest of the video when you're ready but for those of us who are here live I'm going to continue into today's talk on loving kindness so often when I offer teachings around uh, loving kindness, uh, it's quite evident and, and really usually quite accessible uh, why we cultivate loving kindness for people we like, people we care for, why we cultivate loving kindness for ourselves. But why do we expand loving kindness to people we don't know? And indeed, this is often one of the resistances that comes up around the, pra the practice itself. When we're actually uh, moving through a meditation like the one we just did or, or other loving kindness practices where we're, we're offering phrases of metta, of loving kindness to people we don't know, that requires a lot of energy. Why spend that energy offering love and kindness to people we don't know. So I just want to answer that question in part by uh, reading this very, very beautiful passage uh, that's uh, often quoted passage uh, from Albert Einstein. Probably some of you know this quote already, but that's okay. It's, it's just really beautiful and it's worth it's worth repeating. A human being is a part of the whole, called by us the universe, a part limited by time and space. He limits himself, his thoughts and feelings, as something separate from the rest, a kind of optical delusion of his consciousness. This delusion becomes kind of a prison for us, restricting us to our personal desires and to affection for a few persons nearest to us. Our task must be to free ourselves from this prison by widening our circle of compassion to embrace all living creatures and the whole of nature in its beauty. Yeah, Albert really laying it out there. <laughs> when you think about, you know, all of the ills 
that our global tribe is currently uh, facing. That this is, this is a good cure. Right? Global warming, climate change, COVID, racial injustice, uh, financial inequality. Our task must be to free ourselves from this prison. All of those prisons that I just mentioned. By widening our circle of compassion, I always add and care. By widening our circle of compassion and care to embrace all living creatures and the whole of nature in its beauty. So we can kind of hopefully intuit the benefits of creating this global tribe, this global family, right? Because it's quite easy, again, as I mentioned, it's easy or somewhat accessible to feel care and compassion and kindness towards our family, towards our friends, our tribe, right? What if we thought of the whole globe as our tribe? What if everyone was in our family? So loving kindness has this transformational quality. It transforms people we don't know to people we like. And in a sense, and perhaps I'll get to this next time we meet, it also transforms the people we don't like very much into, at least into people we don't know. It allows us to be curious at times towards people we don't like very much. So I'll tell a little story about that from my own personal experience. So I guess, gosh, it's over a year ago now, the last uh, retreat that I was able to facilitate in person uh, was here in Thailand in Chiang Rai at the New Life Foundation. And it was uh, August, 2020. And uh, it was a, a retreat on love and kindness. We spent seven days uh, really taking a deep, deep dive, a residential retreat. So we spent seven days meditating uh, anywhere from six to eight hours a day on love and kindness. Very, very deep practice. And uh, we were on the practices of cultivating loving-kindness towards neutral people, towards people we don't know. And so I had spent most of the day uh, giving instructions on this, and then also, you know, as, as the facilitator, I'm also participating in the retreat. I'm meditating in silence, doing both seated and walking meditation, and, and really working 
uh, these practices of loving kindness. And so we took a break for lunch. So we start the day around, I think we were starting the day around six in the morning there. I usually start my day at four in the morning practicing. So I've been practicing for several hours by then, for this lunch break. And uh, I, just across the street from the center was a, just a little uh, convenience store where I would go and perhaps get some coffee and maybe some snacks for later. And my neutral person who I'd been working with, see in these practices we often are asked to visualize uh, a neutral person, somebody we don't know, somebody there's no feelings for. And so I had selected the person working at the convenience store for my neutral person. And as soon as I walked in the door, there this person was seated behind the counter and my heart just burst open. And I just felt this abundance of love towards this other human being, simply because I knew that every move they made was a, was a move towards kindness for themselves was a move towards care for themselves and that how we all have that innate need. And so I was able to connect with this person on that level. And then, that's not even the best part. That was really good. But then after that, I saw, I could very clearly see that the millions and billions of strangers that I that inhabit the earth right you think about how many people we don't know most of the people we see in on the television or in passing at the mall at the gym the grocery store we don't know these people and yet each one is an opportunity to feel kindness is an opportunity to feel happy. It's an opportunity to connect with that tribe, that feeling of belonging. And so this is a really important practice, cultivating loving kindness towards people we don't know. Again, it has that transformational quality. So I want to mention here that these practices, and there are several different types of practices, uh, they are intention-led. And so if you did that opening meditation with me, or perhaps you've been exploring some of the, the guided meditations on uh, my podcast page and so forth like that, very often, when you start a meditation practice on loving kindness, you don't feel very much. The heart feels rather closed. And just to recognize that that's normal. And so the invitation is to just start where you are. I tell these stories uh, that seem like, you know, we're setting the bar quite high. And that's, there's a, there's, uh, a reason for that. It's to inspire people. You know, these stories are, 
are inspirational. But at the end of the day, the best place to start is exactly where we are in our own heart. And so offering loving kindness to ourselves or to a loved one might not feel very much. Just recognizing that the seeds are being planted for future experiences of loving kindness. Eventually those seeds will start to bear fruit. So we're really, you know, shining the light of loving kindness, our awareness, into our heart. And gradually, slowly, the sapling of loving kindness in the heart starts to lean towards that sunshine of loving kindness. So it can be this quite a, a slow, gradual process. So setting that intention and you could just set the intention today, perhaps. Even if you don't have a formal loving kindness meditation practice, although I do recommend that, it's very helpful if you're wanting to experience more loving kindness in your life. There are other things we can do. Uh, you could just carry this idea or this intention to recognize how everyone is moving in such a way that they feel would be beneficial for their life. Recognizing that every move that everyone makes, they're making because they, on some level, think that that move will make their life better. And that is a really uh, helpful connection to make. So whether you're, you know, on your commute home from work or you're at work at the office or you're watching TV, recognizing that everyone, whether it's on the television or at the shopping mall or at the gym, or wherever you are, everyone is moving in such a way that they feel that move is helpful for them, is a move of kindness for themselves on some level. Another way of, you know, touching in with this feeling of loving kindness is with our inner dialogue. And so here, you know, we all have this inner dialogue running through our mind. Catching our inner dialogue, when our inner dialogue is in this us and them storyline. And so, for example, you might be driving down the road and, you know, somebody cuts you off. How could they drive so carelessly? How could they be so reckless? You know, that kind of accusation, right, which separates ourselves from the other. You could actually change that to, how could we be so careless? How could we drive so, so poorly? Right? creates this, tr this global tribe. I had a really profound experience like this, I guess it was last year. Uh, in, in Chiang Mai, we go through what's known as smoky season, where all the farmers burn their underbrush, and it causes a, a great amount of smog and smoke in, in the city where I live. 
And, you know, my mind would go into, you know, how, how could they be so thoughtless, you know, causing all of this air pollution? And I just changed that to how could we be so thoughtless? How could we be so careless? And it, 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 it changes the feel entirely. You know, if you're watching something on the news and somebody committed some heinous crime, how could we be so uh, unforgiving or how could we be so um, cruel? Really allowing the us and them to become a we. That's a really uh, beautiful way of connecting with this quality of loving kindness. So again, we're not trying to force anything. We don't want to kind of create an image of what loving kindness might look like and try to live into that image. But really, just engaging in the practices and allowing us to kind of feel into the benefit of that practice. Taste the fruit of the practice. So again, starting where we are. So another kind of benefit to loving-kindness practice that I'd like to speak to here is that we do start to see through this us-and-them worldview. And a lot of the contemplative traditions, not only Buddhism, the tradition that, I was, uh, that I've primarily trained in, uh, but I, I know contemplative Christianity and Kabbalah, Kabbalah, uh, and many other contemplative traditions speak to the idea that this us and them worldview is an outdated worldview. That indeed at one point in human evolution that was necessary to experience the world in those terms for survival. But we don't need to do that any longer. And so these practices of loving kindness give us a glimpse of what a worldview might be like as a worldview of we. And so something that I noticed through my own practice is when we start to break down and see through that I-other worldview, that really illusion of me here versus a world out there, there's a tremendous amount of energy that gets reclaimed. Because that boundary line between me here as opposed to a world out there, all of you out there, and the computer out there, and the cat out there, and the chair over there, the kitchen over there, that boundary line requires a great amount of energy to maintain. And so as we begin these practices and we take a, a, a deep investigation into the practices of loving-kindness, 
more energy becomes available to us because this we recognize that we don't need to hold that boundary in place any longer. And so that energy becomes available for insight, for discerning wisdom. So we, we turn back and we use that energy and, we, and that energy itself allows us to see the illusion of this us versus them. And in that seeing, our choices, our actions become a little bit wiser. And as our choices and actions become wiser, we become a little bit happier. We have more connection with loving kindness. That loving kindness towards ourself, that happiness. Loving kindness in one sense can be defined as happiness. So we feel safer and more grounded in that. And as we feel safer and more grounded, that boundary line between us and them starts to break down even more. More energy gets, becomes available for us, for wisdom, for insight. With that newfound energy that's being used for insight and wisdom, our choices and actions become a little bit wiser. As our choices and actions become wiser, we feel a little bit happier. As we become happier, we feel more loving kindness. As we feel more loving kindness, we feel safer and more grounded, which allows that I and other boundary to break down a little bit further, which allows us to have more energy for discerning wisdom and insight. And it becomes this really, really beautiful upward spiral. And so perhaps if you're listening to this and, and you're new to loving kindness, that might be, uh, or new to loving kindness practices, that might be inspirational. That we, that as we offer loving kindness to others that we don't know, others that we perhaps we have struggles towards, there's often this experience of, we want to reinforce that I other, there's a fear there. So just recognizing that we don't need that. Yes, I understand the need for healthy boundaries and I recommend healthy boundaries. Healthy boundaries is in itself a move of kindness for ourselves. It is loving kindness for ourselves. So I think that's all I want to say. That is uh, a good place to end, I think, today's talk. So I hope you enjoyed today's offering on loving kindness. If you're curious about these practices, I've got hundreds of uh, guided meditations on my podcast page, and I'll post a link underneath the video once it's uploaded onto Facebook and to YouTube and so forth, Instagram. 
Uh, also, love to see you all out on the uh, eight-week loving-kindness retreat that's opening on December 1st. Uh, so if you'd like to really explore these practices in, in, a, in a deep way, in a profound way, uh, I think that course is a, is a really good way to do that. It's um, appropriate for people of all levels of skill with meditation. So if you're a beginner, intermediate, advanced, if you've been meditating for one day or for many years, uh, in any case, you'd be more than welcome and, and I think you'd receive great benefit uh, from that eight-week online retreat offering. So, have a great week. I'll be back here on uh, this same time two days from now. So that's, I think, Wednesday evening for some of you, Thursday morning here in Asia, Australia, New Zealand. Uh, and I'll be talking about uh, the earliest teachings of the Buddha in a secular, non-denominational format, uh, where we'll be looking at suffering and the end of suffering. Okay, we'll hopefully see you there or see you on the retreat. And thanks again for being here. I'll ring the bell to close this out. Oop, that's quiet. Here's another one. Okay. <laughs> Thank you.